Welcome to Career Beats, 20-minute talks to navigate the new career development paradigm, hosted by Carmen Gonzalez, coach and career advisor at Isade Careers. Hi, listeners. I'm Carmen Gonzalez, Associate Director of Isade Careers, coach and passionate about unlocking talent. I'm so pleased to be here with you today. In the pursuit of a more just world, in harmony with nature, sustainability has become a central issue in the way we live, business operate, and governments function. As I recently read in a world increasingly aware of environmental, social, and governance challenges, sustainability has become an imperative to address, to address today's problems and ensure a prosperous future. Without a doubt, companies play a key role in shaping this future. With institutions currently requiring companies to comply in this area, issues like circular economy, diversity and inclusion, or decarbonization are at once all on the agenda. And hopefully this is a path of no return. But are companies completely walking the talk? Are we as individuals taking accountability for the impact of our day-to-day -day actions? What are the highlights of such development and what's still missing? If you want to know more, stay with us. Also, for today's episode, I'm very excited to be co-presenting with Alejandro Borges, VP of Business Development of our MBA Net Impact Club. Alejandro is currently completing our full-time MBA program and is completely passionate about social impact and sustainability. So I feel honored to be presenting with him today. Thank you, Alejandro. Hello, Carmen, and thank you for the invitation for this episode. And it's absolute pleasure for both of us to talk to our brilliant guest, Gurab Gupta, SVP of Sustainability at Densur, a disruptive advertising agency that helps brands predict and plan for disruptive future opportunities and create new paths to growth in a sustainable economy. Gurab has vast experience in the social impact field having worked for top companies like Walmart, KPMG, and BT. He is currently based in Canada and is also a proud alumnus from our full-time MBA program, Class 2012. Gurab, we are so excited to have you with us today. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. No, we are so happy. And so let's start. I'm sure our listeners are very curious to know What took you to a career path in social impact and sustainability? So it's been an interesting career journey. Uh, in, in a past life, before I came to Asade, I used to be an engineer. And outside of work, I was quite involved in volunteering in my community. But of course, my role had nothing to do with sustainability or social impact. And then post Asade, I thought consulting was where I wanted to be. So I worked in public health consulting and then in strategy consulting for a while. And they were both great jobs, but for me, it always felt like the end result, the impact of my work wasn't visible. And so I ended up finding my way into a role at British Telecom at BT mm -hmm. as the head of sustainable business development, which allowed me to use my business skills from Asade and from my consulting days and then marry them up with my desire to have more of a positive impact on the world. 
And that nice. role was great. It saw me developing programs to bring Wi-Fi to social housing projects in the UK, um, tech education to people in rural Colombia, satellite communication to parts of sub-Saharan Africa. It was just a great role. And seeing the positive impact that companies could make in the world, it made me realize that this was the field in which I wanted to build my career. Nice. You have such a, um, a diverse experience and it's so nice that, you know, it's so clear for you that it's uh, so important to make an impact on the world and to really work hard for a better world. So it's, it's so nice to hear that. And now, so it's clear for everyone. What's ESG and why is it so important? So uh, ESG as a term is being used more and more nowadays. Um, there's also other terms that are used, which is CSR. You might have heard of CSR and might have heard of sustainability. And I will say to some degree, these terms are sort of used interchangeably, but they are different. Now, specifically for ESG, which stands for Environmental, Social and Governance, ESG is a framework for investor scrutiny, right? It, it, it's basically to help investors value businesses that might be different in size or might be from different sectors, and then to inform their investment choices. And of course, it's very important to companies because a good ESG rating can help you secure capital finance, it can help you diversify your investor base. But in many ways, it is more of a risk-based framework. And it doesn't necessarily always consider the wider impact or the opportunity that a company has in the world. Um, I can talk a little bit more about CSR and sustainability as well, just to highlight the difference. Okay. Um, CSR, which is corporate social responsibility, that it's, it's, it's nomenclature that's starting to fall out of use now, um, which is fine. It's, it's, it's not good or bad. It's just it was something that was used in the past. And CSR was much more of a self-regulating business model, right? A much more of a loser, more general framework for corporate behavior. And it varied in terms of its practical implementation. So typically, like good CSR would help companies maintain a positive brand image. It would boost stakeholder morale. That was the idea behind CSR, which, as I said, is starting to um, be used less and less. What is being used more now is sustainability, which is much more future focused. It's an agenda which is about meeting the needs of the present generation without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs. Because the idea with sustainability is to leave systems capable of existing indefinitely, taking a much more longer term view. And by doing that, if you execute sustainability well, it leads to opportunity. Gaurav, I found it really interesting, like your definitions and how you clearly differentiate um, ESG and sustainability. But my question um, is how companies should approach to both terms, how companies nowadays should approach for sustainability and ESG? So honestly, I, I'm less concerned whether a company calls their work sustainability or ESG. I'll give you an example. When I was at Walmart, I was the director of ESG. That was my title. But it went so much beyond reporting, right? I was leading all of our sustainability and social impact programs. It's just that the title was director of ESG. And so for me, I think what is more important 
is what are the actions that companies are taking irrespective of what the role is called and as long as you're thinking about the long-term initiatives that you need to put in place both from an environmental and social sustainability point of view the esg will follow because you can only report on things that or you should ideally only report on things that you've done um, right. and so you've got to do the work first and then esg is a way of reporting against that okay and so you build your proper sustainability strategy and then you start reporting your ESG metrics, if I'm correct. Exactly. Yeah? Exactly. Okay. So how a company like Densu or other companies can start selecting those KPIs? I think that's like the real challenge nowadays. So I don't think it's a challenge, if I'm honest with you, as long as you are clear on what you're trying to achieve. So I'll give you an example. If you're thinking about your net zero strategy, the KPI is very clear. The KPI has to be a reduction in emissions. Now, of course, you could debate on whether you want to achieve net zero by 2030 or 2040 and whether it's net zero versus carbon neutral. Are you going to use offsets versus you're not? Those are modalities of how you get to net zero. But at the end of the day, the KPI is clear. Similarly, when you think about companies doing on the social side, say volunteering or pro bono, the KPIs are not hard here. The KPIs are how many hours, how many people, how many communities have you impacted. But it doesn't start with the KPIs. It starts with what do you want to do? And the KPI is just a way of saying, am I achieving success along the way? Am I getting to measure what I'm doing? And then from in a circular way, improving as I measure and see some things need to be tweaked, some things need to be expanded on or pulled back on. So I'm less worried about the KPIs. Of course, it's very important to have KPIs, no doubt. But what is important first is saying, what is my strategy? Where do I need to go? What am I looking to achieve? Then you come to a question of, great, how do I measure it? That's yeah. the KPI. Perfect. So the really actions nice. go first, right? The actions go first. They, the they have important to. Part. Yeah. They have to. I mean, I, I get the idea that, you know, you've got to have KPIs because I've been both on the nonprofit side and on the corporate side. And I totally appreciate that um, a corporate that might be funding a nonprofit or a charity starts by saying, well, if I'm giving you certain dollars or pounds or euros, I want certain impact metrics. Yeah, of course, you need the reporting and you need the impact metrics to be able to make sure that what you've um, put your resources, time, dollars, uh, energy behind is leading to the right results. But you've got to start by saying, what do I want to do, not what do I want to measure? Yeah, you need to know what to measure first. Uh, no, I, I'm saying you need to know what you want to achieve, and then you figure out the measurement parts. Yeah. Yeah, Garab, and, and how can companies connect what I want to do with the core strategy of the business? How can the sustainability strategy go along this, the, the core strategy business of a company? So I think that's actually a gap today um, in, in how we are operating. Yes, ideally, you do want your sustainability strategy and your core strategy to go hand in hand. But that doesn't necessarily always happen as effectively as you want to. It happens in initiatives, right? You might say, I want to run a circular economy initiative. Sure, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're changing your entire business to be circular. And that, that, that's just because the way the current business models work 
uh, it's going to take time to um, change some of that. But I think the way to start is to start small. Piloting, I believe, is a great way to start where you say, well, I'm going to try something. I'm going to learn from it. If it's successful, I then scale because that reduces your risk. It gives you lots of learnings and it starts to bring people along. It's very hard to start a sustainability initiative and embed it into your core strategy at scale across the whole company. Um, so that's definitely you know, the way to go, I think. The other way, I think, is to think about how do you start to embed sustainability, not as a separate function, but as part of what um, everyone contributes to? So it's not the sustainability team doing things. It's very much part of my role. I, I'm educated. I understand what we're trying to achieve. And I know what actions I can take in my core role in order to contribute to whatever our end goal is. I think that's the way you take a slow approach and build from there in order to make it part of people's, um, not job profiles, but certainly embedded in what they have expertise on. Okay. Yeah. So in, in other words, this, this sustainability um, should be part of the culture of the companies? I'd like to say ideally, yes, but it's a, it's a slow process. And in line Thank with you, that, Gurab, uh, what would you say are the two main challenges that uh, you know companies are facing now to be socially responsible, to be truly social, socially responsible? I think I touched upon one of those challenges in, in what I just talked about, which is that our current business models still take a very sort of shareholder-first approach rather than a stakeholder first approach and i and i take the planet as being one of anyone's stakeholders and we all know incentives drive behaviors and the current incentive structures for the most part do not drive sustainability in the long term because even today we continue to take nature for granted we assume it's free and unlimited we've been taking talent for granted we always assume people will want to work for us even if a company's values don't align with those of the talent that we're looking to attract or retain. And so these linear business models that we're so used to, where we take, we make, and we discard, or we take, make, and throw, they're so embedded in how we function as a society that breaking those models is not easy. So I think that's the first challenge. Yeah. The other one, I think, is sustainability, as I was talking about, is not truly embedded across the business strategy for most organizations. Like I said, there are lots of initiatives, some very successful initiatives, and that's great. But the business case for sustainability at scale, and that's the key word, at scale, still needs further proof. And then tied to this, I think, is the very fact that, you know, there's a lot of scrutiny on what companies do. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That's a good thing because it helps to prevent greenwashing. But what that's resulting in is also this idea of green hushing, where companies are either not trying new things around sustainability, or if they are, they're not talking about it and not sharing that knowledge because of fear of backlash, which is why it's called green hushing. And that eventually, I think, is going to hinder sustainable innovation. Wow. So I guess... I was going to ask what's still missing in sustainability development. Uh, I think that's uh, 
probably one of the things that is still missing, but what else would you say? Oh gosh, this could be a long answer, but I keep it short. <laughs> um, uh, I, think, I think one of the key things is that we're just not moving with enough urgency and with sufficient investment. Because in many ways, the time to make commitments is now over. It's now the time to act and act rapidly. Uh, you're aware, you're familiar with the sustainable development goals, right? The 17 yeah. goals mm -hmm. that are sort of integrated and interrelated with clear targets to 2030. And as per the report that was recently released by the United Nations, we're way behind where we need to be. So out of the 140 targets that can be evaluated, only 15% are on track. 48% oh. are moderately or severely off track and 37% are in stagnation or regression. Now, this is a very worrying trend. Very so, much so that's definitely something that you know, is missing in sustainability development. The other um, area I would say, it's starting to change certainly, but it's still under development, and that's around standardized reporting, regulations, and policies, right? So we're, we're starting to see some of this, of course, especially in Europe with CSRD, which is the <clears throat> Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive with the Task Force on Climate-Related Financial Disclosures, Nature-Related Financial Disclosures. That's great. But a truly global framework, similar to what we have in the finance field, is yet to be developed. So I think that's it's changing, but currently it's still missing. Wow, so that uh, sense of urgency that you were talking about is definitely needed. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the one more thing I will add, there's this also, there's this thing called the intention action gap. Um, so my company currently has done research on this, and this exists both for organizations and for consumers, right? So essentially what that means is when polled, a very high percent of consumers will say that they are prepared to take actions to live a more sustainable lifestyle. That's great. But a very low percent are actually actually actively changing their behavior. So there's yeah. the intention, but the action isn't following. So there's obviously a gap there. And what that means for companies and brands is that they need to start to invest in their marketing agenda to be more deliberate in their communications around sustainability to influence consumer choice, right? So there's, there's ways to get around it, but there's an actual intention action gap that exists. Yeah. Yeah, so the objective would be to shorten that gap between uh, intention and action. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, that brings me to another question. You just talk about the global e efforts that, that is needed right now to, to fulfill this emergency. Um, but do you feel like regions like Latin America, Africa, even North America are keeping the pace to like this transformation through sustainability? It's very hard to talk about a region. Um, just like it's very hard to talk about all companies in a sector, right? I think there are companies within uh, what could be considered contentious sectors that are doing good work. Similarly, there are governments and people and community organizations in all regions that are doing good work. I mean, if you think about COP, if we think about these global um, movements and meetings that happen, the amount of consensus that builds in these meetings is actually phenomenal. 
are we then taking that consensus and collectively moving to the action stage rapidly? In some areas, yes, in some areas, not. So I think to paint a broad brush picture of regions or continents or countries is hard to do um, and I think unfair to do. Uh, what we must think about is are there, and that was the intent of the SDGs, the idea was can we come together as a world around these 17 goals and collectively move forward? It isn't any one organization or company or country's responsibility. It's a collective responsibility. And I think that is the worrying bit in that a lot of those um, targets, as I mentioned, we aren't near uh, achieving. And I think that's where the urgency needs to be. Absolutely. So, Girap, now uh, we are going to share uh, three questions that have been chosen by by our audience, so you can give us a, a short and practical answer. Okay. Okay, Girap. First of all, again, thank you very much for sharing your experience and in your path in this beautiful industry, sustainability. Mm, we already talked about how business are um, develop this transformation, business transformation, but how should business school respond to this trend? Are business school transforming their programs uh, fast enough to keep the pace? So, so I think uh, this applies sort of equally well to business schools and to companies, right? As I talked about, um, often sustainability teams in companies are seen as uh, separate teams from the core business. And I imagine sustainability courses are separate from your core business school curriculum, which I think is a missed opportunity. If we are going to think about preparing the next generation of leaders, we should not be thinking of them as people who will go on to lead sustainability teams. We should be focusing on developing finance and marketing and consulting and sales and HR and operations and other leaders who see sustainability as being embedded in their core business role. So for a business school, I don't think we should be offering separate courses on sustainability. They should be thinking about how sustainability is an integral part of every course that they offer. Yeah. So great. So, so, so sustainability should be like approaching a more holistic way, uh, how it involves through marketing, through finance, through operations. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, it shouldn't. I mean, yes, I know lots of uh, business schools provide elective courses on sustainability today, um, which is great, but it only then reaches the people that are truly interested instead of like you, need, you learn finance 101 when you come to business school, right? Well, embed sustainability in financial decisions. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. totally agree with you. Um, what do you think? Um, what do you think? Are no. Let me let me repeat. Let me rephrase that 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 question. What are the essential transferable skills that companies and employers seeking candidates to contribute in the sustainability agenda for the company? Um, I think to some degree it depends on the type of role you're in. Since the skill sets that are required for an I don't know an emissions reduction role might be quite different than if you're in a community development role, right? But if I think about transferable skills, a few that I think will serve you well are one, um, 
being able to balance being strategic and tactical. So being able to see and create that big picture, but then also being able to deliver against that vision. So that's one. Two, which applies across sustainability, is being able to take that multi-stakeholder approach and not just taking the approach, but being able to influence those stakeholders effectively. The next one is being flexible, uh, being able to switch and pivot. That certainly helps because things change. Um, being able to break down complex topics and data into actionable insights and then speak the language of the business that you're in is going to be key. Um, and finally, I'd say just being personable, being easy to work with, you know, being collaborative. These things help in bringing people along with you on the sustainability journey. Okay, great advice. Thank you, Gaurav. And finally, can you please recommend some top group of ESG and sustainability um, networks if we want to keep the pace and keep important? So I think like before, this is going to vary based on your area of interest and the industry that you're targeting. So for example, when I was in the retail space, I was part of quite different groups than I am today now that I'm in the media marketing and advertising space. But broadly, I can suggest a few things, right? <clears throat> At minimum, if you want to work in this space, you need to know what the sustainable development goals are. And these can be found on the United Nations website. There's the UN Global Compact. And then there is WBCSD, the World Business Council for Sustainable Development. These websites are really good sources for the latest thought leadership. Now, if you're interested in a particular organization or a particular sector, don't just read the financial reports, read the ESG reports, because they'll help you uncover what are the key challenges and areas of opportunity when it comes to sustainability for these companies and these sectors. Um, look at the memberships of these companies. Nine times out of 10, they will list out the industry bodies that they belong to. And finally, I'd say use LinkedIn effectively. Follow the company pages and the people in whom you're interested and see what they're talking about. Who are they following? Which articles are they sharing? Which events are they attending? What are the agenda topics of these events? So all of this will start to help you build a picture of the most important networks that you need to tap into. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And I would say um, that obviously it's very important to follow thought leaders in the field of sustainability and social impact. But I would say it's also very important to trust your own voice, right? And to make sure that you're um, delivering as well and uh, sharing your thoughts on, on the topic. Uh, through through social uh, social networks, etc., and making sure that you're adding value to to the field. That that's a great point, Carmen. I I will say I I do think uh, sustainability as a field, people that work in it, recognize that this is not a solo endeavor. We can only do this by working together. And so when, as you said, when you put your thought out, you'd be surprised at how many people are willing to chime in to help to provide their perspective and to make the argument richer. So it's a great point. That's amazing. And now as final words of wisdom, if you were to give only one piece of career advice to our students, what would it be related to social impact and sustainability or in general? So I heard this recently and I think it applies equally well 
to building a career and to working in sustainability. And the advice is this, be extremely impatient over the days and the weeks, but be extremely patient over the months and the years. Because building a career is not the same as finding your next role in the same way that sustainable actions you undertake today might bear fruit years in the future. So push hard, be persistent every day, but recognize that your career spans several years and success may not be immediate, but if you keep at it, success is assured. Wow, that's very powerful. And I think I'm going to steal it for my, for, for my own career advice to students. You, you should. I stole it from my CEO recently who got it from somebody else. So I think it's really powerful advice. Absolutely. And I'm sure that our students will be eager to find out more about you. So where can they find you? I think LinkedIn is the best way to get in touch. Um, certainly, I'm, I'm on the SRA Careers Mentorship Platform as well. I recently had a lovely chat on that platform. So certainly happy to be reached out through that or um, through you, Carmen. Um, they can certainly reach out to me through you. Great. So good up. Uh, thank you so much for all the interesting insights that you just shared about such relevant topic. You're working very hard to build a more sustainable future and your energy is infectious. So thank you for everything you're doing. Thank you very yeah, much for inviting me. You can hear the patient in, in every word that you say. Like, thank you very much for this space. Thank you very much for sharing uh, all these advices for all the, my MBA peers and club members of the Net Impact Club. I know it's going to be really useful. And again, thank you really much. Thank you. I appreciate that. It was wonderful to have you both. Uh, you're so passionate both about such an important topic. So it was a real pleasure for me to be with both of you. And Career Beat goes on next month. In our next episode, we'll talk to Hassan Elag, partner at the consultancy firm Oliver Wyman and SRA alumnus from our full-time MBA program. Hassan has vast experience in consulting in the Middle East region, and he'll share key insights about what's happening in consulting in the region. So don't miss it. Looking forward to seeing you in the next episode of Career Beats. Keep your career beating. Tune in on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts for a monthly dose of career stories, advice, and trends.